you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Dan here. Before we get to the podcast, got to tell you about FanDuel.com. Your season-long fantasy football league is winding down, but the one-week fantasy football leagues on FanDuel have never been bigger. Don't wait till next year. Play more fantasy football for real cash this season over at FanDuel.com. Matt Nichols, Matty Boy from Ohio, turned a $25 <laughs> deposit into over twenty-five grand playing fantasy football on FanDuel. Join him and the hundreds of thousands of other users who have already won money. FanDuel is paying out more than $170 million this season, but you have to play to win. So sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Make use our money! Co- use our code AROUND and sign up now. New user special. FanDuel is giving you a bonus of up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. For every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it up to $200. The offer is good for the first 50 people that use the code AROUND. Don't forget to use my code AROUND. Don't miss out on all the fantasy football you can handle. FanDuel.com. That's FanDuel.com. Sign up today. The Around the NFL podcast sits upon a throne of ease. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hanses, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Throne of ease. Is that a Sessler callback? It is, but it does not refer to us as an entity. It refers very specifically to Greg. Oh, being a New England Patriots sure. fan. The throne is out today. And a deeply appropriate drop there, and I'm sure TD behind the glass chose that one for a very specific reason. Yes, as the you know, winners again of the AFC East. Why not? Uh, how, how great. How yeah, great the that boss. the Patriots, despite all of us in the room, uh, the three of us, I say, Greg, Wes, and Dan, all doubting the Patriots and thinking there's no way they could win 12 games again and win their division. It just couldn't happen. It turns out that's what happened. <laughs> who, who I never tried to say that. No, I think he meant to say Mark, Mark, Mark Wes, and Dan. Greg never doubted oh, them. He tried to, but he knew all along that 
the events of the regular season utterly meaningless. They will win the division every year until Tom Brady I leaves hope, the league. I'm glad this is the lead of the podcast. What a pleasant no, surprise. I, I hope you feel good about yourself. I had nothing to do with it, Because it, it ain't going to last forever because Tommy can't play forever. <laughs> it's week 15, Sunday. <laughs> a great, great week of action. Some surprising uh, adventures in football today. Some disappointing adventures in football. I'm looking in Mark's direction. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, but we should get right into the action because there are a lot of games to get to. And why don't we start, as we kind of often do on the Sunday show, with the defending Super Bowl champion. It's appropriate. The Seattle Seahawks, who remain alive in the race for the NFC West after knocking off the 49ers uh, with a 17-7 win on Sunday. Uh, the Niners are officially eliminated from the playoffs uh, contention with the loss. Mark, the Seahawks weren't going to let the opportunity to bury the Niners get away, would they? I think they got a much tougher Niners team than what we saw on Thanksgiving. San Francisco came out of the gate uh, really, really with a good game plan and then with a lot of toughness, but injuries bit them hard. And what I also saw was Seattle doing what they do best, which was smother the opponent on defense and run the ball. They're averaging 179 yards on the ground since trading Percy Harvin. Oof. I mean, they just they went right at San Francisco that way, and that defense is just getting better and better. I don't want any. I would never want to play this team in the playoffs. They look just as good as last year's team right now. Mm. So what was going on with the offense when the 49ers were shutting them down for the first half? Well, I think early on they were able to bottle up Marshawn Lynch, but that's why he's been so good of late is that he is he seems to get stronger as the game goes on. He looks re reborn to me over the last month or so. I think we first noticed that in that Raiders game last month. And, they, you know, Chris Borland for the Niners had an ankle injury and was out for part of the game. They suffered just – they just they got worn out. I think the Seahawks found a way to just keep going at them with the run successfully. I think the 49ers defense, too, has had this type of performance – They've been doing this week after week. They Maybe not quite as good uh, the last few weeks, but for the most part, they've been a top five or six defense. That really hasn't fallen off that much. It's really just been the offense. Do we think – are we going to chalk this up as a lost season in San Francisco? And obviously it looks like Jim Harbaugh is going to be history. We had our 17th consecutive week on NFL.com of the Jim Harbaugh under fire <laughs> post uh, before kickoff on Sunday. It has to be some sort of record. Um was this year kind of an aberration and they'll hire a new coach and, and get back to winning? Or did we really see the closing of their Super Bowl window and they're going in a different direction now? It totally depends on the quarterback. Yeah, he, I think if so. If they can straighten out Kaepernick. And the offensive line's been pretty brutal this year. They're going to have to rebuild that. I think they still have it open. I mean, when you look at the talent that they have, Navarro Bowman getting healthy, for the most part on defense, they've got a number of talented players. It always has been a little bit of an older team, but Trent Balky's drafted well. It's pretty good rookie class that they have there in San Francisco, too. I, I think they'll be fine. All right, so the Seattle victory is even bigger, gentlemen, because of what happened today in Buffalo. Mario Williams stripped Aaron Rodgers late in the fourth quarter. He stripped him of the football. I just want to make that clear. Leading to a game-clinching safety, and the Bills' 21-13 upset Upset of the Green Bay Packers in Orchard Park. The Bills kept their playoff hopes alive and made Aaron Rodgers look mortal. Not a bad day of work. Huh, Chris Wessling? Bills entered this game number one in Football Outsiders metrics for pass defense. And we mentioned on the last podcast, they fly to the ball when they play at home. They are, they, you know, Seattle's the best defense in the NFL, but the Bills aren't that far behind them. Mm. How did they do it, though? Because Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't matter what metrics or what, 
any team has. It seems like Aaron Rodgers just carves through anyone. Today, though, very average numbers from the box score I looked at. They came out of the gate sluggish. The Packers did several miscommunications between Aaron Rodgers and his wide receivers. The receivers dropped, I believe, eight passes today, which is the most by any wide receiver Whoa. core all wow. year. And Rodgers misfired on a couple. His first interception, he, he had Jordy Nelson wide open down the sideline for a touchdown and didn't even see him. And then there was another play where Rodgers hit Nelson in stride on a play that should have been a 94-yard touchdown, but Nelson dropped it. I mean, his number, 17 for 42, 4.4 yards, two interceptions. That's like an Andy Dalton having a nightmare primetime game type <laughs> of game. The worst it's insane that Aaron Rodgers had to say. Of, it's enough to maybe damage his MVP chances a little bit. It was the worst game of his career by passer rating, completion percentage, and yards per attempt. I, I love that the Bills were able to pull this off and get this win because sometimes in week 15 – I, I like to see kind of the stories that we've seen all season kind of come to the front. It's like they were on their last legs. They still have a tough path to the playoffs. But for them to come through with a home win against the Packers like this, they have the Raiders next week. They're going to stay relevant until week 17. It's like it's kind of a reward for what this defense has done all year, and they have been that good. And talk about a coaching staff that saved its own hide. I mean, they, Ooh, you got to keep point. them around. And if there's – if there are football gods out there, and with the Patriots, where are we right now with the Patriots and Broncos? Well, the Patriots have the one seed, but they can't slip up. Buffalo, I, New England, that, was, that could be a big game I, for I them. I bring it up because I'm wondering if there would be any situation where New England wouldn't be playing their starters in Week 17, and maybe they could backdoor in because they're going to take care of business. You would think the Bills will against the Raiders next week, 9-6 and six at Patriots Week 17. They need It'll a lot of they need a Brady's lot of help. Playing. Even if they won those two games, they need more help than teams like the Ravens and the Steelers, and they're going to need some things to happen. Even if they did win in New England, but uh, the Patriots are only going to get that one seed next week if if Denver loses, if Indianapolis loses. So well, that, that's going to be a fun little Belichick week. Belichick isn't Tony game. Dungy. He doesn't sit as starters. That's Ugh. true. I mean, they really they've made a habit of going out and going after teams. It was last year in Week 17 where they destroyed the Bills. Right. I, I still have a hard time seeing Buffalo winning two road games in a row with Kyle Orton as their quarterback. As bad as Rodgers was today, Orton wasn't any better. And mm. we, But they do deserve credit because none of us in this room and probably virtually no one outside Western New York thought they were going to win this game. Wes, you talked earlier that you thought this could be a close game, and you were certainly right about that. Uh, but now you've got to give them credit that maybe this defense, if they make a couple plays with Kyle Orton, you know, crazier things have happened. It's a nice season for Buffalo either way. Moving on. So the Bills stay alive in the AFC playoff race, but the division, the AFC East, is no longer in play. The New England Patriots win the AFC East for the 400th straight year on Sunday, <laughs> pummeling the Miami Porpoises 41-13 in Foxborough. Greg, Bill Belichick calls this a T-shirt and hat game, and isn't that adorable? <laughs> it, there's been a lot of them. Twelve division titles for Bill Belichick and All Tom Brady together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to enjoy them because you never know. It might be the last one. I almost assigned this game out to you, Dan, yeah. and then I realized. Oh, to rub it into the face of a New York Jets fan. <laughs> no, couldn't be just because I like season. to mix it up. You know, I like to watch the different games. It didn't seem like necessarily the most intriguing game on the board here. Uh, but it was a perfect way to encapsulate this team, which is that, like, at – Points, they don't impress you that much, and then suddenly it's just an avalanche and it's over. If you think about that Chiefs game on Monday night, I believe, where they just got shellacked, right? And there was all this talk about the team. And what did they do after that? They won one, lost one more game since then, 
And I will begrudgingly give this organization credit because they this is what they do every year they overcome obstacles and then get hot and then just start demolishing everyone and that's not easy to do in the era of parody that they have been able to what is it 12 out of 14 years they've won the AFCs well without trying to sound too much like a Patriots homer I think I would say this ever I I actually think this this late area late era Brady Belichick teams are almost a little underrated because they haven't been able to get a ring if they get a bye, which they're in great position for, they will be the first team in NFL history to get five straight playoff buys. So that's something they've done in this late era. No other team since the 70s has won six straight division titles. So that that's the first team since the Steelers to do that. So this is the late area Patriots that have been as consistent as, as some of the early teams winning titles. And they are by far, in my opinion, the best coach team in football because that doesn't happen without a lot of injuries in New England every year on defense. I mean, there were... They were a ton of setbacks this season. You got guys playing and starting that we hadn't really even heard of when the season began. So that's Belichick. I mean, that other teams can't pull that off. Greg, give me a reason for hope that the Patriots are not an unstoppable juggernaut. <laughs> Tom Brady, <laughs> a couple a couple of weeks in a row now, maybe not as sharp. In the first half, he wasn't. I mean, the hope is Tom Brady's he, old. He's not going to do it. it. He hasn't yes, hit. He, is. he hasn't hit vertical throws, uh, and that's been consistent for most of the year. And, you know, in the first half of this game, the Dolphins pushed the Patriots around. It was 297 to 101 in total yards at halftime, but it was only 14 to 13. And to me, that kind of typifies this Dolphins team who, if you watch our three things to know about on NFL Now, we got our special NFL Now video. I talk, you know, we talked a little bit about the Dolphins. Exclusive. How this is probably the end of a Philbin era. And it's kind of typical that they're a little better than, than they showed on the box score, but that's just how it is. It's week after week like that. So congratulations, Greg. Wow, thanks, buddy. That wasn't serious. <laughs> All right, so the Patriots clinched the AFC East. Their main contender for the number one seed also did some clinching. The Denver Broncos clinched first place in the AFC West with a 22-10 victory over the San Diego Chargers. Christopher Wessling, the Broncos once again leaned on their running game on a day when Peyton Manning wasn't feeling quite himself. Peyton Manning finished with a passer rating of 125.6. He was just good enough to get it done, but his arm still doesn't look that great. And I still maintain that the Broncos aren't purposely steering their offense away from the greatest regular season quarterback in NFL history. I think they have to do this because his arm's not what it was, and they're protecting him. But they did run more than they passed for the third straight game, which is the only the second time in Peyton Manning's career that that's happened. It happened in 2005 with mm. the Colts. If you're a Broncos fan, though, this formula, which is working down the stretch here, I'd be very concerned with any reduced performance from Peyton Manning in general and think we're going to get back to another Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with you. I, to me, it's a red flag. And, you know, that said, they've won all these games. It's still a red flag to me that w- when you need Peyton Manning in the playoffs, is he gonna? Is that arm going to be there? Yeah, I hear you, but this defense, is it's great that they're winning games with defense. And for all those teams where Peyton Manning was carrying the entire team, it's like, okay, maybe because of his arm strength, He's not the best quarterback in the league anymore. Like, what if he's the ninth best going into the playoffs? Like, if your defense is great and you're running the ball, like, you, you can win the Super Bowl. This Why can't they carry him? This isn't the 2000 Ravens. No, but it's a really good defense. I mean, we gave the Patriots all sorts of love last week for shutting out the Chargers in the second half. They, they had 10 points today. Well, Greg, so we've acknowledged that you are a Patriots homer. Like, <laughs> if, if you let's say you're going to face this Denver team in the playoffs. You want to deal with this version that we're seeing right now or the one from 10 weeks ago? 
I don't know. They beat the one when everyone was still talking about Peyton Manning. Well, all, I, all right. All I mean so is, everything works for you. I understand. <laughs> I get it. Okay, it's fine. All I mean is. Is that throne of ease? Is that that's like where we're going. I'm right not there. really into style points that much. I, I think the fact that they're playing great defense like we were hoping to see and they didn't have for a big chunk of the year is a very good sign for the Broncos. I mean, they had 11 yards per attempt. They must have been doing something right throwing the ball today. Yeah, they let Demarius Thomas out jump Brandon Flowers a few times. Right, but can't you just do that? I mean, they've got he's no, right there with the best receivers in the league. You can't just do that. Wait, who did he out jump? <laughs> Brandon Flowers. You want to make flowers today? It's <laughs> so gross. <laughs> and Brandon Flowers is five foot eight. Demarius Thomas is six foot three, and Demarius Thomas's forte is not out leaping defensive backs. Should we? Uh... Someone on Twitter asked if we should stick a fork in the team of ATL, the San Diego Chargers. Fork them? I, I don't think so. We'll, ha- we'll have to retire down to the Danish office uh, and talk about it. Coffees, teas. Coffees, teas. And Take a, a liberal uh, amount of time to discuss this issue, maybe deep into our shift tomorrow. But I will say, and you know, I picked, I had a hero pick riding on the Chargers. I thought maybe they would get it done against Denver. They didn't do it. And um, I just want to, I got to, one last time, but with a different spin. San Diego Superchargers San Diego Superchargers What is happening? <laughs> That's Stop. it. <laughs> Mommy Stop <laughs> uh, What the hell's going on? <laughs> That's it. I mean, could have played the exciting song. A child's dreams shattered always. <laughs> Oh, poor Chargers fans listening to this. I I wouldn't fork them, by the way, because they have two games against, I don't know. I I think they got a shot. Greg never forks any team until they're mathematically eliminated. That's not true. Ruining the whole purpose of forking. What happened (laughs) to this team? It used to be an exciting offense. What happened to the passing game? They ran into this Broncos defense that you're talking so Mm. big about. I think also what Ryan Matthews wasn't healthy. I don't think he didn't play. Yeah, he was out. They're a different team without him. All right, more clinching, gentlemen. The Indianapolis Colts are AFC South champions after taking care of business in a 17-10 win over the Houston Texans at the stadium they call what, Wes? I don't know. Lucas Oil Stadium. (laughs) Patra, on the line, I believe, our Chicago correspondent, the great man, drinks egg yolk in the morning. (laughs) How you doing, buddy? Kevin Patra coming at you. What's going on, fellas? How's it going lately, buddy? Uh, we haven't seen you in a while. We miss you. Fantastic. Life is just going grand. All right, good. Well, that's good to hear. So the Colts won despite another surprisingly mediocre performance by Andrew Luck. Is that correct? Yeah, he didn't look good. He had one really good driver, six for six, and scored a touchdown. Other than that, he was 18 for 34 on the day, only 187 yards, second time in the year. He's gone under 200 yards passing. And he just he didn't, couldn't hit anybody. He couldn't find open receivers. He got pass rush, but he only got sacked twice by Watt, and that was it the whole game. But they, he did get pressure, but he just looked off the whole game. Luckily for the Colts, they were playing a third-string quarterback. Well, so can, they probably would have lost. You've watched the tape. You've been able to study it live. Hopefully you've already gone back and watched it on Game Rewind. At least twice. Unless you're a slacker, um, which I've always I've had my doubts. Uh, yeah, you should. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Is Tom Savage a real human? Whoa, big question. Well, 
at least somebody with the name Savage on the back of their jersey did play. I can tell you that human being mm. with the name Savage was it, on the back of the jersey. Was it one of those? What is it? One of those like Tupac holograms? <laughs> well, I wasn't able to take a DNA test from where I was working, mm. uh, uh, so I can't tell you. Other than that, well, that sounds like you um, didn't do your job. But all right, go on. <laughs> I am seriously curious yeah. how this this man with Savage on the back of his jersey performed in what he played for three quarters at Fitzpatrick broke his leg. He's out for the season. Right. How did Savage look? Uh, he was overwhelmed in the first half. Just absolutely couldn't even get it. I mean, his second play of the game, he had a miscommunication with sacked because the running back was went to the other side. And then the next drive after they had gotten a Reggie Wayne fumble, he botched another handoff. He had three more where that where he almost botched handoff and he couldn't make throws. He had two really pretty deep, deep balls, but uh, and that went for half of his 127 yards. Other than that, he was scattershot, and he could uh, unfair to him, I don't think he's had any first-team reps in practice with two other quarterbacks ahead of him, but he just looked overwhelmed for the majority of the game. That was my impression in seeing him in preseason, that he was so overwhelmed to the point that he is multiple years away from being able to perform at an adequate level in the NFL. Tell us about Feats yeah. of Strength by J.J. Watt. I, he, he he was about to take over. I thought he was going to take over the game in the second half. He had two sacks in the first half, kept a minute, kept the Colts from I, – I, when Savage first came in, I thought this was going to be an easy blowout. But he made some plays, blew up a couple of plays. He had two tackles for loss. But in the second half, he didn't have a sack. He had two big plays uh, on running plays. But other than that, and this defense just looked worn out at the end. It, he, he really didn't have his best game of the year. That's definitely for sure. It's crazy that – you're saying that in like a two sack game, he has seven sacks in the last three weeks. JJ Watt just reminding everyone, keep him in your MVP thoughts. That's this fair. Colts team is they're kind of in trouble, and if mm-hmm. if they don't bench Trent Richardson and Reggie Wayne, they're not they're not going to be good enough to do anything in the playoffs. It's crazy. It That's a tough like spot. A Hot take. Put that in the quotes and then send it out on Twitter with that wrestling take. What was uh what what was Reggie Wayne did? Did he get any uh, targets today? What was his situation? He, he caught four balls for 24 yards. Like I said, he had one stripped away from him that turned into a fumble. He didn't. He just didn't look like himself. He was always in the slot. Actually, early in the game, they went with Moncrief and Hilton and in two wide receiver sets. He wasn't on the field, and he just did. He still doesn't look right. He still is catching it a little, uh, not as forcefully as he usually is. He's not going into hits. He doesn't look right to me. All right, so there's Kevin Patra. Thank you, as always, Mr. Patra. Great job. Appreciate it, fellas. All right, moving on. A different kind of clinching in Nashville where the New York Jets won the battle but lost the war. They beat the Tennessee Titans 16-11 at LP Field, uh, but the win all but clinches the now 3-11 Jets won't pick first next April, barring some type of blockbuster trade. Uh, the Titans have lost eight in a row to fall to two and twelve, and they are in very good position uh, to be in the top three, if not the top one. Uh, Greg, you were sitting next to me during this game. This one was a very painful watch for a Jet fan uh, who, you know, had invested himself in the Jets losing out, and they can't even do that. So I, I got it just when I thought there was no other way to experience the Jets in a painful manner rooting against them, and still somehow them screwing me and everyone else that was hoping for the same thing, which was the Jets going 2-14. and 14. Jet- Devastating. And then the almost Music City miracle to end the game where Delaney Walker takes a bunch of laterals. He gets inside the 10-yard line to get pushed just a 
one of the more surreal plays because there was so much riding on it uh, for both teams and, and the draft and, you know, suck for duck and any, anybody else who might be at the top of that draft board. So another painful loss uh, for the New York Jets fans, even though they won. Well, here's, you know, oh, go ahead. here's one way to look at it. Odell Beckham's the best player in this rookie class, drafted 12th overall. Yeah, He's but still going to get a good play. That's true. That's true. But yeah. I guess hey, with John Edzik's picking him, this whole thing and uh, yeah, <laughs> Can't exactly. Miss. I don't know if, that, if that's going to be the case either. But this whole thing with me has been about: if is there a guy? And college is not necessarily my forte or any of us in this room. But if if there's a can't miss guy at the top of the draft, then the Jets can't mess it up. I'm nervous about the Jets getting the eighth pick and you know taking a linebacker or something because. And forget not seeing that they need a quarterback. Maybe they'll get it right, but it, I think it's just something the Jeff fan is clinging on to the hope that this season won't be a complete bust. Something comes out of it, and that's the top pick. That's not going to happen. Well, it's, you may find out that you're in the perfect position wherever you draft to get the player you want. I mean, you, you may, number one maybe where no one would take one of the quarterbacks from this class. We don't know. But the guy who's not going to comply with all these Jets fans that want to lose out is Rex Ryan, who wants to send a big message upstairs to the front office and say, I'm not about to do what John Idzik or Woody Johnson or anyone else. Both, both those guys were strangely – I don't know if they're – I don't think they are usually, but they're both down on the field for this game in Nashville, which felt odd. Um, and then, uh, you know, on the – and Rex wanting to escape a little dignity in December, that makes a lot of sense to me. But uh, on the other side of the ball, Jake Locker, who the Titans or whoever pays him next, wherever he ends up next, is somebody tries to make him a reclamation project. The Jets, maybe. Oh, God, don't do that. <laughs> Uh, they should see if they could play him in bubble wrap. This guy, he can't do it. He gets tapped, brought down by Quinton Coble's left shoulder injury, out for the game, and in comes Clipboard Jesus, who <laughs> I, I'm just happy we could play Bush again on this podcast. Uh, he comes in and does absolutely nothing, doesn't move the ball. So not really much else to talk about this game. An awful game between two bad teams. Well, there is some fallout. This means we get a Clipboard Jesus Sound drop and appearance on national television Thursday night. Titans, Jags in the most important game for that number one pick because those are the two top contenders right now. Curating nightmare. <laughs> and I'll add one more thing about this game. The first, and the mailman probably knows this back in, his, in the back of his mind somewhere, the first 16-11 final in NFL history. Mm. Anybody in that stadium can tell their grandkids. I was there. <laughs> Eric Decker's looked better the last couple of weeks, so you got that. Uh, he had an awful drop that he lost the ball. Did he have 100 yards? Lights and had a, a touchdown that got called back because he stepped out of bounds. <laughs> His first 100-yard game of the season, but it was not a great game. Let's take a look at the AFC playoff picture. Jets are not part of that. But the Pittsburgh Steelers avoided another letdown against a bad team on Sunday, taking care of business in a 27-20 win over the Falcons at the Georgia Dome. The Steelers are now 9-5 and five on the season and can win the AFC North with home victories over the Chiefs and Bengals in the next two weeks. Uh, this was an interesting game. The, this I don't trust the Steelers. They've been doing this to us all season uh, where we get sucked in. And this felt like a game where maybe they could let down with Julio Jones out for the Falcons. But they played very well. This was a well-played game. No turnovers. Big Ben uh, didn't throw a touchdown, but he played great. He was so accurate with his throwing. No turnovers for the second straight week. Le'Veon Bell, who obviously had been tearing the league apart the last three weeks, didn't have as good a game in terms of production. He did score two touchdowns on the ground, though. So um, I think the Steelers are really now a team to me that I'm very confident they get in the playoffs. Um, but we'll see what happens. They've, they've taunted us before.
seems like this team was so I, I, they had Julio Jones in there the way he he looked last week that at home they could almost play with anyone. They just looked that dangerous, especially against the, St- the against Steelers the Steelers secondary. secondary. But I mean, the, what there was a killer pick six in this game from Matt Ryan too. Is yes, that correct. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they, and that again goes back to the Steelers. They they played very well in this game and uh, defensively, and the the Falcons hung around, uh, which you kind of expect them to do in their building. But uh, they ultimately couldn't. Get, I, you brought up Matt Ryan. I just want to say there was a absolutely atrocious um, roughing the passer call. Uh, this is the second time in two weeks where I've seen the the officials, and we saw it in New England on Sunday. There was another game uh, uh, today. San Francisco. We can get to that. San Francisco, yeah. uh, where uh, Jason Worlds came in, uh, just drilled uh, Matt Ryan, but it was a clean hit. But because Matt Ryan's head kind of jerked back, they threw the flag, and it led to a Falcons touchdown. And I think we're going to see talk this week. I think about this because it's happening in it's happening in games every week, and it's just something they have to well, it's come up with something. Deciding games. That one issue it seems like in each case has triggered a scoring drive at a pivotal point in the game. Yeah. So I don't know. I wonder. I'm sure Dino Blandino will be talking about this on Total Access uh, this upcoming week. But a nice win for the Steelers, who. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I love that they're in position because they're a fun. They're an interesting team. Team of ATL, I, kind of fun. No, I don't uh, think they're no, that kind of fun. But they are fun because Le'Veon Bell is the most fun player in the league to watch. I mean, you mentioned it was, a quiet, it was a quiet. Okay, that's fair. A <laughs> quiet game for him, relatively. But he had 72 yards receiving, 111. For, I mean, he is a legit MVP candidate. I don't know why and no one's talked about Le'Veon Bell for that. Where would the Steelers be without him? And then they get the Chiefs next week. That's a big game. They get the Bengals. And then maybe, you know, playoff. It's just going to be a fun team to watch the next few weeks. I love that we're setting up the possibility that the Steelers could beat the Bengals three times in a five-week span. (laughs) (laughs) Would that be Christmas for you coming early? Yes. Coming, uh, coming late. So vindictive, so I, angry. I kind of feel like <laughs> Wesseling has jumped off the neutral, and now he's just a Steelers fan. A for heel. Good. He's a heel. A Steelers Bengals I, heel. I am not a heel. Look, the Bengals deserve it. I am not a crook. Come on, player. <laughs> What's that? What's up with that? That's Richard Nixon, by the way. The Bengals broke my heart. They deserve all my enmity. Falcons, by the way, five and nine, still in good position. Ugh, disgusting. It gets me so angry that one of those teams are getting in, and the Cowboys or the Lions or the Eagles will be going home. But football's weird sometimes. Life isn't fair. Uh, Let's stick in the AFC North, where Johnny Football, uh, John Football, dropped a massive dud in his NFL starting debut, getting smothered by the Bengals in a thirty to nothing loss in Cleveland. How bad was Manzel? He completed just 10 of 18 throws for 80 yards and two picks. The Bengals remain in first place in the AFC North, and the Browns are all but dead at 7-7. and In fact. Here lies the Cleveland Browns, who perished Sunday in a fiery workplace accident at the Factory of Sadness. (laughs) The Browns and their family ask that we respect their privacy as they develop their secret time machine to undraft Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Mark Sessler hasn't blinked in nine hours. <laughs> you are a factory of sadness! I can't kill TD for playing that clip. Uh, predictable. Or for, they should be forked at this that point. Was as, over. That was as predictable as all the Bengals playing. It was doing the money sign over and over again in this game. It was that kind of day. It got away from them. I think, you know, in, right out of the gate, about eight minutes in, and a, someone who follows a bad team year after year can tell when they have shown up just to deliver a big steaming, stinking egg. 
And eight minutes in, I knew that was happening. And Steaming egg. The boss chided me for saying this is over. By the way, midway through the first Greg, quarter, but it was they were, over. They were in the Bad red job, zone. Greg. They were in the red zone. No, it is ever Greg. over in it Greg's was, life. Number one, it was ten nothing. <laughs> Bad job by Greg, who should know better than not, than to walk into the eye of the quiet store. <laughs> Joe just, Hayden literally dropped an interception. And they were up seven nothing. They were down seven nothing. The next play. Yeah, then they yeah. left with a shoulder injury. Well, so, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Congratulations. Your team had five first downs. Great. They job. were awful. And like I, I, you know, listen. It's 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 unfortunate to take a quarterback who's played his first NFL game and start to make long term decisions about him. We don't know anything. He needs to play the rest of the season for at least more of a look see. But so many issues today. They have not looked this disorganized on offense all year. And I think that that's going to happen when you switch quarterbacks to a guy that like Tom Savage. Very few. You know, first team snaps. By the way, get ready for the, a week of hot takes. Hashtag. Sure. And I'll give you one right now that I just popped across on Twitter, on uh, my tweet deck. Merrill Hodge. Remember him? Oh, Jesus. Whoever drafted him in Cleveland, they need to be fired. Well, hot and take. Ho- can't Scorching. Fire. Hodge is throw or he's throwing back to his, you know, earlier hate on Manziel. But today, look at today. You can't fire he, the owner anyways. You can't fire the owner. But I think also it's it's one game. The, the thing that's been a problem all year long for Cleveland is the run defense. Let's not bury the lead. Jeremy Hill blew up today. He ran. He, you know, he trash talked the Browns in their last meeting and ran over them today. 148 yards. The Bengals had 244 yards rushing. Whoa! I mean, you can't beat teams that way. You're not putting any quarterback in a good position when you, the Bengals had the ball for 39 minutes. They lost 30 to nothing in a game where Andy Dalton was sub Gabbert zone, 4.9 yards per attempt with an interception. They didn't need him to it's be. Crazy. I mean, Hill ran for six yards per carry. I mean, he was just right. it was they didn't one need... big run after the next. It's just crazy. What made Manziel so bad in this game? Like, what, when you were watching, I saw one of his interceptions uh, where he had, like, RG3-like mechanics where his feet were all whack, and he was he threw late across the middle on another one that was a bad interception in the end zone. Uh, it seemed like he was just completely discombobulated. I'm sure it's a completely new world to step in, you know, in late December and the Bengals were hell-bent on sending a message to Manziel from the start. The offensive line had one of the worst games in months, and they couldn't run the football. And, yeah, he looked, he looked, he held the ball too long. There were a couple sacks that I would put on Manziel specifically. You know, Wes said before that a lot of sacks come down to the play of the quarterback. In this game, that was the case. He just looked very much like a complete raw, you know, debut late-season rookie. It was, it was a mess. Here's the state of the Browns quarterbacking. They are the Here first team since the <laughs> Wobegon 1977 Buccaneers with four straight games of zero touchdowns and at least two interceptions. Wow. They well, only had one completion ouch. today, double-digit yards. One over nine yards. Yeah, I mean, any way you look at this, it was That's like Alex disaster. Smith. So the, the, the move, though, for the Browns, though, is not to go waffling with a quarterback. Now, you're 7-7. Seven and seven, would take a minor miracle or a major miracle to get in the playoffs. You just roll with Manziel these last two weeks, right? We just forked him. Right. Absolutely. Well, I'm just talking mathematically. No, I mean, I don't think you go back to Hoyer because he. Th- there's a very good reason he was benched. I mean, if anything, you have to figure out a little bit more about what you have at this position for the reason Wes just mentioned. I mean, are you going to keep drafting quarterbacks or signing some guy off the street? I guess good news for anyone who plays the Texans and Browns in the final two games that they're starting Manziel and Savage. I was going to say, what I would think if I'm Mike Pettin and I've worked hard all year – if Manziel is not ready for this, I don't know. He's probably going to – I guess he's nothing you could do. you got to play him. But he could end up sending them into a 7-9 and nine tailspin. I think Pettin has overachieved. People talked about the Browns as a two-win, three-win team before this season. So I don't think it's – I don't know if the last two games are going to change that. 
you ha- you've been surprisingly um, upbeat today. Is it because the nature of the beating, you're at peace that this is not a playoff game, there's not going to be any heartbreak? Yeah, every other game has come down to like a last drive, some sort of, you know, heart attack central where this was, like I said, I knew it was over by the end of the first quarter. No questions asked. There, There is the risk over the next couple of weeks, though, that you'll go, you know, that the worry, I, I would think, as a long-term Browns fan, is just Johnny Manziel. Like, if, if he's not the answer, how many years is this going to cost us? How long do we take till we realize it, like, You'd love to see just something in the next it, couple of weeks. With Honestly, Lope? like you and and I don't say this, you know, I'm not I'm just kidding around, but your team have won twelve straight division right. titles over. This isn't even top fifteen no, I know. bad events for Cleveland. This is fine <laughs> this has been an absolute gem compared to most my, reasons, my so. point is all this good stuff that they have going on won't matter unless they get their quarterback. That's right. I mean, you know that. Yep. And and if Manziel, you know, it's gonna be tricky. It hasn't been a great rookie year, but it's only well, his and now year. they could now they could be critiqued for not giving him a long enough look to really know what they have but either way they've got to keep bringing quarterbacks in no no question about it all right moving on the kansas city chiefs snapped their ugly three-game losing streak with a 31 13 win over the dreaded or dreadful i should say oakland raiders Uh, mark Derek carr has had some nice moments this season but the rookie took a beating here didn't he yeah, Kansas City. In this game, the score, I mean, they, Kansas City blew up in the third quarter for 21 points. They just they overmanned the Raiders. Uh, I, You know, Carr looked fantastic, I thought, for what he's been this season last week against the Niners. He played a very strong game. Everything went in reverse today. The offense, there's just no talent around him. And Kansas City at home, they're tough to beat no matter who you are. And their defense, really, they, 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 they got a good pass rush on today. They took care of Carr. I think it was something like four sacks, 11 quarterback hits. They couldn't get anything going, Oakland. The real uh, loser here, Jamal Charles' fantasy owners, watching Niall Davis score a couple touchdowns while Jamal Charles somehow gets 52 yards only in a blowout victory. But he left for the locker room for a bit. But, yeah, I mean, that that's sort of what like Kansas City only got 52 yards from him and were able to still pull this one out. I I don't want to see them in the playoffs just because I they bore me to tears. No disrespect to the Chiefs fans, but I think they may get, they may wind up there if they continue to win. Real upset here. The Johnny Manziel got buried into the middle of the show. That is interesting. That's how insignificant it is. We have nothing to say on these Chiefs and Raiders. I mean, they're an eight and sixteen, but for John I'm, to the next Mark's segment. Mark's right. They're boring as can be. They're painfully boring. <laughs> eight and six. All right, let's move on to another boring team. Uh, the Ravens sacked Blake Bortles eight times in a 2012 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Chris Wessling, uh, this t- on, on paper or in the box score, score doesn't look like the most impressive win, but all that matters is Baltimore is nine and five with two games to play. Right? The Ravens are not a boring team. They're kind of I fun just, to I'm watch. I'm kind of anti-Ravens. I think Mark's with me on this. I don't, They're fun to watch. I, I, don't I don't love really, the organization. I love, I love the Ravens. Don't love the people associated with the organization. Don't love their Twitter feed. Uh, you know, enough with the Ravens. That's all. They're one of the few teams in the NFL that is actually better than their record. No matter what Bill Parcell says about your record, is you are what your record says you are. The Ravens are one of the best offenses and defenses in the NFL. And Joe Flacco, I think, is playing better over the last month or two than he has in his entire career outside of the Super Bowl run, of course. But did he today? I mean, did they today? It doesn't seem like a game where they one of their best games here. He played well. The The running game got shut down. Justin Forsett didn't do anything, but Flacco played pretty well, and he doesn't have a fully healthy Torrey Smith, so that's an issue. But Owen Daniels made some plays. That guy doesn't really move well anymore, but he's made some big 
big catches this year. Do we have to talk about Gary Kubiak as a late sneak entry into that assistant coach of the year award? I, I think so. They've got, you know, outside of the Cowboys, the most consistent running attack in the league. And their offense now is based off that stretch run system where it really fits Flacco's skill set well. When your leading receivers are Marlon Brown, Owen Daniels, and Crockett Gilmore, and you're getting wins in the NFL. Crockett Gilmore is a real person? Someone's doing. Marlon Brown can play. You're a big Marlon Brown fan. I am a Marlon Brown fan. He's had to play more. I mean, he's, he's going to be a factor. I like I just like West straight challenging Bill Parcells' philosophy on football. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well I agree with him. The Texans, for instance, aren't really a seven and seventeen. Right. Dan, if you were to run into <laughs> Crockett Gilmore in a public setting, you would realize he's about two feet larger than you mm. and could just take his hand and put it over your skull and end your life. Do you <laughs> This guy sounds. I mean, he's First a real all, person, and if he, he listens to this podcast, he is going. By to By the way, find what's you. worse, me not really knowing who he was, or you painting him as a murderer? <laughs> all right, that's up for debate, but I think he's real. All right, uh, back to the NFC, where football's worst division is heating up, and it's jaunty. The Carolina Panthers have taken over first place in the NFC South after outlasting the Bucks, nineteen seventeen. Excuse me, nineteen seventeen on Sunday. Greg Rosenthal was plugged in on this game. Derek so Anderson, excited. Derek Anderson is now 2-0 and in place of Cam Newton this season. Quarterback controversy in Carolina. Oh, you, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, Derek Anderson's undefeated. There's no quarterback. He's basically, if you pace out his season, Derek Anderson just matched the Dolphins as the Nets undefeated team. <laughs> All right. Wow. Where are we that, going? That will be fine. He's played the Buccaneers I could, twice. I couldn't say that with a straight face. <laughs> he would be great if he played the Buccaneers every week. He's a, he's a playoff quarterback. Same can be said for about every quarterback in the NFL. And you know what else? He really has lucked out. Geno well. Smith is... has flashed uh, Pro Bowl potential as well. He really know. has lucked out. I mean, you won the lottery that you only get two starts all year, and then you just go back to the bench. And they're both against the Bucks, the worst, one of the worst and defense in the league. You're going to win them both. You're probably going to get a nice contract because of this. He's extended next his career by half a decade potentially. Right. And one of those games, Gerald McCoy left in the what first quarter or second quarter? Yeah, he he left early in this game, knee injury for the second straight week, and it was very similar to the first Bucks Panthers game, which I also was assigned to or assigned myself to. And that they should have blown them out. <laughs> I don't know why I love this matchup. Uh, Neither they, do we. They should have blown it out, blown them out. I mean, they had 400 yards in the first three quarters practically, and they kept settling for field goals, and they look like the better team. Can I uh, make an admission right here on the podcast? My least favorite thing about the NFL is Cam Newton on the sideline oh, when he's God. either inactive or watching a preseason game after a quarter of work because he's essentially – uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in full makeup the way he's looking for that camera. Greg, uh, tell me that I'm right when I guess that he was all over the place trying to bring attention to himself. As Wes ex- explained so accurately, preening schmo that he is. Oh, you guys, are, you know, whatever happened to be, he's excited for his teammates. Some quarterbacks are out there, you know, like Johnny Manziel, whispering who knows what about Brian Hoyer when things are happening. <laughs> Cam Newton, you're right. He was on screen quite a bit. I, preening? It was, it was most memorable. He did some sort of... Special touchdowny dance when Derek Anderson completed a big third down at the end of the game to keep the clock moving to come out on the field. Hmm. It's just you know, come on, man, just relax. We don't need. We see you a lot. We see you enough. You're in commercials. You're one of the star quarterbacks in football. If you're not playing, then you know, just calm down a little bit. Panthers are in first place in the NFC South as we're taping. T- Saints can take it back. 
But the Panthers are in first place. That's so bad. They have the Browns and Hoyer next. I mean, the Browns and Manziel next week, which suddenly looks like a game they might be favored in. Well, and they then should they, be there at home. And then they face the Falcons in the final week. I mean, they have a Wasn't pr- pretty decent path here to make win the division. Eight days ago, hadn't the Panthers not won since October? Yes. And now they're in first place in the NFC South? Poison. Poison division. It's, it's embarrassing. The Buccaneers are the worst offensive line in the league. Two minutes. Yeah. That's how how many minutes too long we spent on that game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk. Let's talk some New York Giants football, which is kind of exciting for one reason. His name is Odell Beckham, who continues to dominate the world. The Giants wide receiver had three touchdown receptions on Sunday at the Meadowlands, leading the Giants to a 24-13 win over the Redskins. Um, Beckham's magic overshadowed the return of RG3 who replaced Colt McCoy, who went out after aggravating that neck injury in the first half. Uh, RG3 actually looked better. He looked spry. He made some plays. The turning point of the game, however, came on the last play of the first half. RG3 scrambles toward the pylon, dives in. It's ruled a touchdown. They go up to the booth, and they rule that the ball had come out of his hand temporarily, even though he grabbed it as he crashed down to the turf after scoring. Since he bobbled it when he hit the turf, he did not have possession long enough uh, for it to count. Led to a huge brouhaha, I'll call it, on the field where Santana met Moss flipped, got in an uh, official's face, got tossed from the game. Uh, and then, uh, really, the Redskins did barely anything the rest of the game after that. Mm-hmm. But uh, this game was really about Odell Beckham. And I want to, and Wes, you're not going to like this, but I just want to throw Eli Manning uh, uh, a bone here and just say, Again, he played very well. And Odell Beckham, obviously, is a tremendously talented player. But that's, that's like saying, wait, let me finish. That's like saying, you know, Jerry Rice uh, is only the only reason Joe Montana was good. Eli's making nice plays. He's finding him. They have good chemistry. And he, he picked up a new offense this season. And outside those two weeks of struggle early on and then that one Niners game where he threw the five picks, almost every week he's been a very good quarterback. Um, so he is not part of the problem. And the Giants have a lot of stuff they have to fix. But the quarterback position is not a concern for them. Wes. Um, I, I'll let you go with that, Eli, thing. All right, that's fine. But <laughs> Big I'm, eye roll in the middle of but that. I'm, that was a big eye roll. But I'm stopping the fight here. Odell Beckham just landed three haymakers to Mike Evans. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's I over. mean, this is over. Odell Beckham. Rookie of the year. He's, it's, he's, he's up everything. there with Randy Moss's rookie year. I think he's doing things that no rookie wide receiver I wrote has ever the done. Same thing in the post that this is the it, it feels like the most dominating rookie year for a wide receiver since '98, and he and Wes, I spot even on. more consistent than Moss too. It's true, and you're spot on about the Jordan comparison. Just the way kind of he carries himself, and the way he kind of just the game kind of almost unfolds around him. It's just it's really interesting watching this watching this guy play. The only thing that can derail him from being one of the best players in NFL history is injury. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> hey, look what he's doing. Well, if he keeps doing this, sure. I think we have a quote to pull for the uh, <laughs> t- the old Twitter. Forget uh, so give him the rookie of the year. Let's give him the fantasy MVP too. While we're at it, last couple weeks, and he'll win it the next the next week. He's gonna do big. Kate Mara picked him up in about week six and still missed the playoffs. That's a hard mm. time. Well, we're like the Giants. I jokingly tweeted, hey, he could even be an MVP sleeper, and it's to his testament that Dan Hansis actually <laughs> took me seriously on that tweet. That's how good well, ODB He also said been. Calvin Johnson is going to have 25 touchdowns, so I don't know when you're that serious. That was a bold for th- – come on. Let's not <laughs> Next year he's going to switch that to Odell Beckham has 25 touchdowns. Yeah. And if, I don't know if uh, Victor Cruz comes back to be Victor Cruz, but if he comes back healthy, that's a nice little one-two punch. Well, frisky. Yeah. This box score for RG3, by the way, is why quarterback rating is not very good. 
because it looks great. 18 for 27, 236 touchdown. He ran for 46 yards, but he was sacked seven times and he fumbled three times. And yeah. none, none of that's in there. And that's why. Sacked, I mean, yeah. I mean, so it was a much better game. He but didn't that's, look clueless. I mean, he had looked clueless before he got benched. Right. If anything, and this Jay Gruden thing is going to come to a head. Um, he needs to be starting these last two games. Oh, yeah. He's clearly well, the better option than McCoy. So let's let's let him see. Uh, let's see if he can salvage something and build on this. We're not going to have another week of Colton McCoy neck watch like he's Johnny oh freaking God. Unitas. No, please not. We are unfortunately, but. And I, I don't trust Jay Gruden to get this right, and he'll probably string it along. We have the right five posts. He could mess it. up a junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. The Detroit Lions overcame 14, a 14-point first-half deficit to beat the Vikings 16-14 to and keep themselves in contention for the wild-card spot in the crowded NFC playoff picture. Excuse me, the division's still in play as well. Uh, Greg, this was yet another example of Detroit's defense, not the offense, carrying the day, wasn't it? Yeah, they had a shutout in the second half. They really had a shutout the last 40 minutes of the game. Teddy Bridgewater played awesome through about uh, halfway through the second quarter, and then he threw a couple interceptions, which turned the game around before halftime. The Vikings didn't score a point in the second half, and Bridgewater got the ball back twice in the last four minutes with a chance to author a game-winning field goal drive. He couldn't either time. Detroit stopped him. Some reasons were his fault, some were not, but either way, he couldn't get it done. I mean, give the Lions credit because in years past, they lose this game. They lose a couple other games in December, and they don't make the playoffs, and it's a major disappointment. I still don't see them as a team, though, that outside of nipping maybe one playoff game is just going to get – they're going to get picked off in in, in January. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, I think this game was very concerning. They had 233 yards. Their offense had improved for a couple weeks against bad teams. Now they play a real defense. Matthew Stafford had 153 yards. I mean, they were outgained uh, 360 to 233. They won the game in part because Blair Walsh missed three kicks. I mean, one was blocked, was pretty short. One was 68 yards to try to win the game at the end, so that's not going to go in. not getting it done in the last couple weeks. No, so they didn't look like a – Great team, but it is a great defense. It is crazy because they could wind up with a with a bye. Yeah, they're they're first they're first in good, place yeah, in the division good, right yeah. now. They have to win in Green Bay to win that division, but they're in first place right now. That we can't just hand that game to the Packers either. No, that's fair. Here's a legitimate concern for the Packers: whenever they come across a very physical team with a great defensive line, they lose. Seahawks, Lions, Bills, they don't like they don't like the other team getting physical with them. Mm, that's a good point. And and the Lions right now, I just wonder like can you can you win when Calvin Johnson's a little up and down? They Golden Tate, Matthew Stafford, Reggie Bush is missing in action. He's pretty much an, a total non-factor. It just he called seemed... him a non-person today. Whoa! <laughs> well, I said he's. What did I say? That's you just said he's not a person. I said he's like the the Lions answer. Mark put it well to Traveris Cadet. That's basically where he's at right now. We are questioning the existence of a lot of human beings on this show. <laughs> I'm not sure we have the power to do that, but we're doing it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we're fine. Your boy Charles Johnson, looking good once Look again. Look at that guy. Let's talk about him. Yeah, let's talk about him. Let's do like 20 minutes on Charles All Johnson. All right. What did you he do what? today? 72 yards, week. led the team in receiving, 40-yard game. Good. Carried Looked the passing game like he always does. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Browns keep using Wait, how come now? we're yeah. brushing over Greg's man crush on Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, it didn't work out today. It did for a little while. I mean, he had some good moments against the Lions, which some quarterbacks haven't had. He went 315 yards and a touchdown. But I think that crush is like one of those middle school relationships where you're dating a girl for two days, 
Mm. And then she sh- puts a note in your locker. She's like, it's over. Greg wrote six poems to Teddy Bridgewater last week, and by the second quarter, he dumped him. <laughs> I demand we lead the podcast with Teddy Bridgewater. That was Greg's quote. <laughs> <I didn't laughs> it's like, all right. I mean, do you want to? All right, moving on. It's your operation. Which takes us to Sunday Night Football, where the Dallas Cowboys... After that, taking that beating in their own building on Thanksgiving, get some revenge against the Eagles in Philadelphia. They jump out to a 21-0 lead. They actually let that lead slip away and fall behind briefly in the second half, but then take control. It all ends in a 38-27 win for Dallas in a game where uh, Des Bryant once again reminded us that he's as good as anybody when he's on. Uh, Six for 114 and three touchdowns with the win the Cowboys take over sole possession of first place in the NFC East. And the Eagles, uh, the team that seemed like the favorite to win this division now, could very easily be on the outside looking in come postseason. Gentlemen, your thoughts? Well, what a way for the Cowboys to shut all the people like myself and anyone else up who kind of just expect them to fall apart. And my thing was they haven't beaten good teams. I haven't seen them play consistently against good teams. The fact that they blew that type of lead and they're on the road and then to just come back and finish the game like that, I mean, that that shows a lot. A couple things with the Eagles. I I think their defense has some nice parts and they've obviously, you know, better than last season's, but a little bit concerned about giving up that that much, 38 points at home in a game that you really had to win. And secondly, there's a couple teams in the NFC with very questionable quarterback situations about to go into the playoffs potentially. One, obviously, Arizona, who clinched a playoff spot with this not being a tie tonight. But two, Mark Sanchez, I, you know, Wesley downstairs said at one point he jumped off the Mark Sanchez bus, then he jumped back on, but then I think he probably jumped right back off. Well, I said this is the first time since he's started that I feel better about the Eagles with Nick, with Nick Foles than Mark Sanchez. And then Greg convinced me to at least stay through the end of the game before I jump off the Mark Sanchez train. But and then I'm he off. ended the game with an interception. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about seeing Mark Sanchez in the playoffs. I think this was a devastating loss for the Eagles. And I, the, I, what you're saying, Greg, about the Cowboys showing some resolve in December, like that was a really nice showing by them where on the road with the home crowd for the Eagles going nuts, they, they fall behind three points. And then for them to put it back together – I think the Cowboys are going to get this playoffs, but they're going to win the division, and I think the Lions are going to make the playoffs, and we know the Cardinals are, and I think the Eagles are going to be out, which is do going we, to be stunning. Do we know who has the tiebreaker edge in the Cowboys versus the Eagles? Well, it depends on what happens. The Cowboys Ask face the, playoff the, Cowboys face the Colts and the Redskins. The Eagles face the Giants and the Redskins. Right, so you're counting the Eagles out. You're saying you think maybe they'll wait from home, but if they win those two games, Giants and Redskins, granted both are on the road, that gets them to 11 wins. That gets them to five and one in the division. Five and uh, four and two in the no. That'd be five and one in the division. So they win the division. Yeah, I think they. I don't think the Eagles are, are eliminated off of this. Wait, but the cow now they need the Cowboys to lose one of these last two games to the Colts. Right, because they're behind. But if they could, if they could catch up with the Cowboys, which I certainly could see the Cowboys losing either one of those games to the Colts or still in not respecting the Cowboys. Well, okay, I, I respect them so much. Let's just hand them the next two weeks. This is the NFL. I'm just saying, you know, this is the NFL. They're playing the team that's that's ten and four. You've been, you've been waiting for this team to collapse. You even wrote about it at the midseason point. Well, how I they were going to make the picks. playoffs. Now they're ten and four, and they're getting the job done in December. And it's time to give them a little credit. Well, they were seven and one when we said when I said that, and right now they're ten and four. So they're three and three. 
They got to play the Colts, and then in Washington, a team they've already lost to. I'm just saying, you don't just hand them those two wins. I hope Kerry Williams doesn't do his usual weekly whatever comes out of his mouth spewing something tomorrow because <laughs> every night before he goes to bed, he checks under his bed for Des Bryant. I'm trying to take Wesleyan serious, but I look over at his desk, and you have a very cute <laughs> cupcake sitting next to you. You got a cupcake from the newsroom, and it's, it's cute. It's, it looks it, so, it kind of goes against the what I would think of Wesleyan in terms of. Snack I would foods. I would imagine Wes eating a live crab or right. something. Yeah, you know, like right. I can't really imagine Wes like on a Sunday morning in line at Crumbs, <laughs> waiting to pick What's up Crumbs. It's like a cupcake. Well, we don't spend yeah, Sunday mornings whatever. with Wes out, you know, before he comes here, so we don't know where he's at or what what is he what he's purchasing. He's eating Maybe like that's exactly a dessert he's doing. like delicacies. That's sprinkles, West's anyone? Thing. Anyone like the little sprinkles? <laughs> uh, I don't generally eat cupcakes, but they were freely available in the newsroom. I thought I'd pick hey, one up before I left. It's a jarring image. No one's judging you, but yes, jarring image. So yeah, so the, any any other big takeaways from this game, gentlemen? Well, when you said, you know, you don't think you'll have to worry about Sanchez in the playoffs. I thought you were going to say because he's not going to be starting next week because that's totally up to, up in the air right now. People were saying this might be the last game that Foles is inactive. He's been, been increasing his practice reps and all that. He's looking a little better. It is a really interesting decision for Chip Kelly if Foles is healthy enough to play. Do you now go back to Nick Foles next week? I don't think you do. No. I have a I have a hard time saying Foles, even when he was healthy, was looking better than Sanchez has been. So I would tend to not want to switch it. But it is a really interesting, weird thing at nine and five because he's not exactly established. Yeah, I mean, how it's very risky to think that there won't be any rust there whatsoever. All right, so that is Sunday of Week 15. Um, we hope you enjoyed our podcast tonight. We will be back on Wednesday. Uh, where we'll just you know get into it, mix it up, news, analysis, mirth, the whole thing. Uh, and that's it. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and TD behind the glass. Until Wednesday. It's funny that pirates were always going around searching for treasure, <laughs> and they never realized that the real treasure was the fond memories they were creating. <laughs> <laughs> I always like that one. The crows seem to be calling my name, thought Ka. (laughs) (laughs) Jack Handy. Jack Handy was great. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com.
This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.